Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to episode 393. This is Daniel Miesler, and I am remote in Las Vegas. That's why the audio is not as good as usual. Starting off with security news, Google's privacy update. They just released a tool that lets you see how your contact information appears in Google and even lets you delete results as well. They updated their tool called Results About You which now includes a dashboard that alerts you when your contact information appears in Google searches, allows you to request removal of that information, which is all very cool. Researchers at Carnegie Mellon have discovered a fundamental vulnerability in advanced AI chatbots, including ChatGPT. They can't currently be patched with current knowledge. The vulnerability allows for adversarial attacks where a simple string of text can bypass all defenses and prompt the AI to generate prohibited responses. And I think we're probably about to relearn all of our security mistakes or security problems. Basically, we learned a bunch of stuff in network. We forgot it for web. Then we learned a bunch. Then we forgot it for mobile. Then we forgot it for cloud. Then we forgot it again for IoT. Now we're going to forget it again for AI. It's like we have no memory. Public companies in the U.S. now have to disclose cyber attacks within four days, according to new rules approved by the SEC. The rules apply when the attack has a material impact on the company's finances. And everything hinges on that definition of material and can be delayed if disclosure risks national security or public safety. But I definitely love this progress from the U.S. government pushing really hard on this stuff. Chinese hacking teams are burrowing deep into sensitive U.S. infrastructure, looking to establish permanent presence, presences. Uh, reports from Kapersky and the New York Times reveal advanced spying tools are, and hidden malware used by these groups to threaten national security. HackerOne, a cybersecurity company, is reducing its team by approximately 12% due to economic challenges and underperforming new products. So, uh, Martin uh, Mikos announced this right before Black Hat. And here we are at Black Hat. I'm currently in Vegas at Black Hat. And it's it's a weird feeling in the area, I could tell you that. Um, There was still a lot of traffic. I went to the floor once uh, to record a podcast for Protect.ai and my friend Chloe over there. Um, There's still a lot of people. I I can't really gauge. Um, It didn't seem jam-packed full. So I, I guess the last time I've been on a show floor was like 2018 or 2019. Um, I almost went to the RSA floor on 2019, but there were already rumors that I had from my friends in China who told me, don't, don't go into big public spaces. Uh, this big thing is coming. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But I still passed on the floor because uh, I tend to get sick uh, during all these cons uh, long before COVID. I would just get like the con flu for like a week or two. So, um, whatever funk that is, some combination of like, you know, flu and cold or whatever. But, um, so I didn't go to RSA uh, in 2019 and I'm not sure if I went to something. I don't think I did. So it must've been 2018 was the last time I've been to something. 
So I finally went to uh, the floor this morning. And yeah, like I said, it, there was a lot of people. There, there's a lot of energy there. It seemed pretty cool. I went and checked out Arsenal and uh, all that was fun. But it did seem significantly less packed, especially for being like the first opening minute. Um, I was there within half hour of it opening. And uh, there's rumors that there's going to be a lot more layoffs in InfoSec right after Black Hat. Uh, because they didn't want to announce at the show. I'm surprised that Hacker One actually did. But yeah, the um, the security industry is being hit pretty hard right now. There's no question about that. There's a lot of CISOs being laid off. A lot of security departments are taking cuts. Uh, a lot of people losing their jobs in cybersecurity. And I guess I'll take the time right now to just comment on this. I think, obviously, there's economic reasons for this, right? Um, the euphemism is the macroeconomic situation, which is the reason all this is happening. And of course, that's true. And my friend Sasha was talking about how it ultimately it comes down to interest rates. You know, it's hard for new startups to get into the field. Like, it's just a bad situation all around. Um, but I think uh, the bigger problem is actually that businesses are not feeling like they're getting what they need from security teams um, and specifically from CISOs. And this is, this is a lot of me in my own mind, just thinking about all the different security companies that I interact with and uh, CEOs that I interact with and uh, business conversations that I'm a part of. I, I don't think security is giving the business what they need um, and they're damn sure not doing it at a good price. And they're always asking for more things um, I feel like security is still trying to prove, first of all, that it belongs in the board conversation. It belongs at the C-level. And honestly, I, I'm not super sure that it does. I, I think maybe it does right now. Maybe it does as we're still figuring these things out, but it shouldn't be. Security should be part, ultimately, of just operational controls. And I, I know everyone knows that, and it's just a matter of time before we get there. But we, we should start trying to get to that sooner. And we need to move away from alchemy and move towards chemistry. We need to move away from, you know, charismatic leaders doing really cool elite security things and move more towards this is an accounting practice. Now, there's one reason it's not accounting, which is it's kind of like weather analogies. Uh, you can model the weather all you want, but the the weather is first order chaos, mean, meaning um, it's chaotic and you can't necessarily predict it. However, it's not fighting you when you adapt to it. Like if you do something that, it, that prevents Hurricane Andrew or Katrina, the hurricanes aren't going to learn in the following year or even the following five years or, or never, right? They're not going to learn. The chaos might change, but it's not changing and according to your response to it. And that is different in security. And so it, it's okay that uh, we have to acknowledge that we do need elite security people, no question, right? And those need to be, you know, at, at a significantly listened to position inside of the company. But we're not doing it right. And, and I think all these cuts to security are showing that we're not doing it right. I think there's fundamentally a number of functions that need to happen uh, for security within a business. And they should be a lot more aligned to security, uh, I'm sorry, to IT operations. 
should be a lot more like IT. Is IT a core function of the business? No, not really. It's tooling that enables the business. The business is the only core function of the business, right? And then IT serves that. And and security serves IT in the business, right? And you need specialities for all these things, for IT, for legal, for HR, for security, obviously. But I think we've kind of pumped ourselves up a little bit too much to make ourselves seem like, you know, we're special. Um, and this is magic. And it's it's alchemy. And we're casting spells. And you need a, a charismatic leader to come in and attract people and, and do all that. And to some degree, that's true. But I really think all the hype around security is just hurting us. And it's also leading to an inflation in all the security companies that are being brought in, which are now being cut, right? All these CISOs now, they're cutting these budgets like crazy. They're pulling out all these esoteric startups that they used to have. And they're just like, what are we doing with this? Like, does this even matter? Like, no, we, we got to get rid of this. We'll go back to basics. We'll do what we can with what we have. And I'm not sure. It kind of reminds me of like Elon cutting all those people like 75% of his workforce and like the site doesn't go down and like everything keeps working. And it's like, okay, if you're doing detection and response, um, you know, you're doing threat intelligence, you're doing endpoint protection, you're doing some sort of attack service management, you're doing vulnerability management, um, insider threat. It, um, that's probably the top of the, you know, the best ones in the top of the list, but I'd have to look at my full list. But if you're doing these fundamentals, like you're going to be in good shape. And no matter who you hire and no matter how big your team is and how well-known your CISO is, if you're not doing those things, you're screwed. So I just think security has put itself in a pretty bad position such that when bad things happen to the economy, we're going to get hit first. And not sure how I got there. Oh, Hacker One announcing layoffs. Yeah, Hacker One announcing layoffs. There's going to be a lot more layoffs coming after Black Hat. That's the rumor anyway. Uh, it sounds like a valid rumor to me. And yeah, security's going through a hard time right now. All right, next story here. Uh, Ivanti has released a patch for another critical zero-day vulnerability that's being exploited. Definitely want to check that out. Five Eyes Cybersecurity Authorities, in collaboration with CISA, the NSA, and the FBI, have released a list of the 12 most exploited vulnerabilities of 2022. And as you can expect, these lists are somewhat similar, honestly. Like, they're all ones that we've heard of. I'm not even going to list them off. The U.S. Senate has passed a defense bill that prevents intelligence agencies from denying security clearances based on past marijuana use. This is going to massively help U.S. national security. I'm really excited about this. Unsupervised learning listeners meet Mimecast. They're in the business of taking companies at risk of cyber attack and putting them at ease. So imagine it's Monday morning. You're cruising through hundreds of unread emails. Your impulse to properly click, download, or respond could be a prompt to launch a cyber attack. An email address is a direct digital path to the mind, the machine, and data of every person in your organization. It needs better security. And I know what you're thinking. I'm all set. I have M365 protection. It might not be enough. This is where Mimecast comes in. 
They've developed a system that fortifies your email security and reduces costs, risks, and complexities, enabling you and your business to work protected. So before you click your next email, visit mimecast.com to start your free 30-day trial. Zero Eyes is using AI to detect guns in public and private spaces, aiming to prevent shootings before they happen. WorldCoin's registration process in Nairobi was halted due to security concerns as hundreds of people lined up to get free money. The large crowd was deemed a security risk, uh, leading to many being locked out of the process. There's something about this that feels really nasty. You open this up in a whole bunch of poor countries, and people flock to the thing to get their eyeballs scanned. Like, I'm not worried about the risk of their eyeballs being stolen or the pictures of their eyeballs being stolen. As I've talked about before, that's not a, a real threat for most uh, bio-authentication systems because the only thing, it's using its own representation of your eye. It's not your actual eye that it's using. So you, you, it can't be stolen. Like, it's just silly to, to think about things in that way. What I'm more worried about is like, you're offering something for free, offering a potential very crypto-y like promise of the future. And people just feel compelled to sign up for your thing because they are poor. That's the part that really doesn't sit well with me. And I'm not implying that there's any sort of negative nature on Altman's part. Like I think Sam is very decent from what I can read from all his interviews and all his writings and his past. Like he seems like a very decent guy. It's just something about this vibe that doesn't sit well with me. Meta is planning to launch AI-powered personas. And by the way, we're in technology news. Uh, in its services, including Facebook and Instagram, as early as next month, uh, giving users a new way to interact with its products. I'm really looking forward to this. And I don't really look forward to many Meta products, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, the UK's first drone mail service has kicked off in Orkney, which is a city I've never heard of aiming to revolutionize mail services in remote communities. Elon Musk is planning to rename Twitter to X. Well, he already did that. Yeah. Um, He also attempted to rebrand PayPal in 2000. He's kind of obsessed with this whole X thing. Um, I'm I'm just waiting for this thing to actually be an all-in-one app, kind of like what China has. That's what he has been talking about doing for like five years, like before he even bought Twitter. Um, he's been on about this whole one app to rule them all. And I'm excited about that. So hopefully he moves forward with it soon. Panoptica simplifies container deployment, monitoring, and security, protecting the entire application stack from build to runtime. Scalable across clusters and multi-cloud environments, Panoptica secures containers, serverless, APIs, and Kubernetes with a unified view, reducing operational complexity and promoting collaboration by integrating with commonly used developer SRE and SecOps tools. Panoptica ensures compliance with regulatory mandates and CIS benchmarks for best practice conformity. Privacy teams can monitor API traffic and identify sensitive data while identifying open source components vulnerable to attacks that require patching. This enhances auditing and compliance efficiency and protects against potential threats. Proactively addressing security issues with Panoptica allows businesses to focus on mitigating critical risks and protecting their interests. Learn more about Panoptica today at panoptica.app. 
A recent study suggests that LK99, a compound of lead, copper, and phosphate, might be a room temperature superconductor. And I think we now know, I'm happy I said here, uh, too early to say, I think, which it was. And this is just from Sunday. So um, it was too early. And now I think we know. And the answer is it is not a room temperature superconductor. It has uh, ferrite. I think that's right. It has iron uh, properties, which means you can have a magnet on the bottom and you'll see hovering, right? Because you can see hovering with magnets as well. And that's exactly what the situation is. Looks like it was just uh, just magnets. White Castle is planning to roll out AI-enabled voices to over 100 drive throughs by 2024. China's latest bid to curb internet addiction among minors involves introducing a minor mode on devices, limiting access to content and usage based on the child's age. So people, kids between 16 and 18 will be restricted to two hours of mobile use each day. And they won't be able to get the internet from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. OpenAI has filed a patent for GPT-5. In's World AI, a startup that uses AI to create smart characters for games, has raised a new funding round at $500 million. I tell you what, AI and gaming, that if I knew some place to invest, I would be getting into that. Probably Roblox. I think I have some Roblox stock, but very little. I feel like, yeah, very ripe for uh, development there. Because it's all about the content, right? It's all about content being so hard to create. Uh, characters are hard to create, settings, stories, plots, that, and that's all what AI can help with. Uh, Apple's macOS Sonoma introduces a new feature called Game Mode, which automatically boosts a game's performance by giving it top CPU and GPU priority when launched. Cool. Now, bring over Diablo 4, please. That would be nice. And artificial intelligence software has successfully piloted an XQ58 Alpha Valkyrie drone in a test flight, marking a significant step forward in unmanned aircraft technology. Great. And agents can use APIs. We've got unmanned drones. We've got lane chain agents using APIs. I think we know where this is all going. Human news. Scotland has cut down over 16 million trees. Excuse me to make a way for wind farms. 16 million feels like too many to me. Like 15 million too many. I don't know, maybe 16 million too many. But I, but I get the wind thing. All right, State Farm, the largest insurer in California, is pulling out of the state, no longer offering new coverage. <laughs> just like, yeah, California's a mess. Uh, not doing anything over there. Um, the U.S. construction industry is grappling with the highest level of unfiled job openings ever recorded. Unfilled, not unfiled. Yeah. Highest level of unfilled job openings ever recorded. Struggling to attract an estimated 546,000 additional workers in 2023. Construction in- industry. Highest level of unfilled job. Okay, so nobody wants to do construction jobs. 
And the industry averaged over 390,000 job openings per month in 2022. And the unemployment rate in the sector is 4.6. How is there, how is there 4.6% openings? And there's over a half a million jobs open. I, I don't get this math. I'm going to have to ask all the GPTs about this. Um, probably something with the stats or something. Uh, City of Hope scientists have developed a promising new chemotherapy that's shown to annihilate all solid tumors in preclinical research. I can't wait till this gets more studied and tested. Uh, really interesting innovations happening right now. I was going to say semiconductors as well, or superconductors as well, but that one fell off the map. Life expectancy in America is falling behind other rich countries, with areas like Hazard, Kentucky being hit the hardest. Fitch Ratings has downgraded U.S. credit ratings due to concern over governance standards, particularly around fiscal and debt matters. Drug deaths in the U.S. have reached a new high with over 109,000 fatalities, largely due to fentanyl. COVID is rising again, which I'm very aware of uh, being here in Vegas. I am kind of anticipating that I'll come back with COVID. So that won't be fun, but I am taking a bunch of uh, steps. A violent attack near Seoul, South Korea, has left 12 people injured with a suspect using his car and a knife as weapons. And we have our first UL product ready to demo this week. And I've got it right here on the same laptop that I'm uh, reading from right now. And uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Can't wait to show some folks. So if you are UL affiliated um, or interested, let me know and uh, I can show you something. I'm supposed to be here until Monday or Tuesday, something like that. And uh, yeah, I can show you. Ideas and analysis, vision before execution. So Bram Mullinar died last week. He created Vim and has been running it ever since. It got me thinking about something that's been rattling around in my mind for a while, which is the power of headstrong visionary founders. Bram was one, Jobs, Musk, Bezos. What I think they all have in comment, uh, common is what bad leaders lack, right? It's a strong philosopher keen sort of vibe. I'm increasingly noticing that companies aren't falling behind because they can't execute. They're falling behind because Nobody agrees on what should actually be done in the company. So they're like rudderless, chaotic. They're floundering. They're full of overly ambitious and politically savvy leaders who have their own agendas, which means the company is not unified. Amazon crushed it because Bezos knew exactly what he wanted to build, and he built it. And he was very forceful about that direction, making sure people stayed on the path. Jobs was the same way, and so was Brayon. One leader for the entire run of the project, basically. Of course, I do think vision is necessary, but not sufficient. You can't have vision with no execution. But in my opinion, too many people have swung that pendulum too far towards execution in recent years. It's very true that if you can't execute the vision, or if you can't execute, then the vision doesn't matter. But if you don't have a vision, then you can execute in multiple directions simultaneously or not at all, and you're just going to waste time, effort, money, and talent, and um, morale. You're going to waste all those things. Personally, I would rather be 
totally unified on a clear vision and not have all the resources to execute yet than to be a highly competent ball of political chaos. So here's to philosopher kings. Here's to the people with a vision and a personality strong enough to maintain commitment to an idea amongst a thousand opposing voices. And RIP to Bram, uh, the creator of Vim. Vim has been a big part of my life, and uh, I really appreciate him. You've done a great thing with your project and with the charity that it supports. Discovery. Prompt map, a tool designed to automatically test prompt injection attacks on GPT instances. Also instances. Um, a WASP AMAS, or a MAS, I call it a MAS, is a tool for performing network mapping on attack services and external asset discovery using open source information gathering and active reconnaissance techniques. You all probably already know about a MAS, but they had a a uh, big update recently. StemGrep Rules Manager, a tool for managing third-party sources of StemGrep rules. Recon FTW, surprise factor. I like this one. When writing for the public, especially a stage talk, it's all about the surprise factor. That's according to this author here. Um, it's like you only learn when you're surprised. So when you're getting ready to present something, are you hiding the surprise? Do you not have surprise in there? Like, what is the purpose? Oh, and, and I wrote a blog post about this as well, because it ties interestingly with Claude Shannon's information theory, which is all about new information. It's all about, it, this is why compression works, right? You can remove things that are repeated patterns like A and the and periods, right? The question is, what's the new stuff? And um, another way to say that is what is surprising? So I love this from information theory and entropy and Claude Shannon being linked to how to create a good presentation. Vim's abbreviations feature offers an effective way to automate tasks in insert mode. Run every day, running one mile every day consistently can vastly improve your mental and physical well-being, according to Duarte, who's been, who's been doing it for a couple of years. I think I am gonna start running, despite the fact that I hated it and was never good at it, even when I was in my very early 20s and I was extremely fit still hated running. Um, I think I'm going to do it just because I need to get my heart rate up. And uh, I don't know, I just want to get halfway decent at something I've never been good at. And it is, um, I've noticed that when I've actually done a little bit of running, I end up feeling extraordinary during that day. And even the following day, it's like a nootropic. Honestly, it's, it's exactly like a nootropic. Um, so imagine doing that and eating well, and maybe having a nootropic? That's ridiculous. You'll be writing and doing all sorts of shit. Okay, Vim one-liners. I've got a bunch of Vim stuff in here because of, of Brom dying. Um, Mohammed Raza shares his fav favorite Vim one-liners that have significantly enhanced his Vim workflow. AI.com, which... I used to type in AI.com just to get to um, chat.openai.com. And now it points to x.ai, which is Elon Musk's um, company. I'm not sure how he pulled that off. Don't be clever. Emotion regulation in men. Got some EDR attacks explored. And I've got the recommendation of the week here. 
Make at least one of your walks per week a silent walk. No tech, no music, no podcasts. No books, no conversations. Just you and your thoughts. And ideally, just observations of your surroundings and your thoughts, as opposed to being hijacked by one of your thoughts. So you don't want to get lost in thought. You want to actually just observe, right? It's almost like a meditation walk or a meditation run, maybe for me. Walk and observe at least once a week. That's the recommendation for the week. And the aphorism for the week is, I can't think of one great human being in the arts or in history generally who conformed, who succeeded, as education experts tell us, children must succeed with their peer group. I wish I could rewrite that. It's, it's a little bit uh, convoluted. I can't think of one great human being in the arts or in history generally who conformed to succeeded as education experts tell us children must succeed with their peer group. I'm going to paraphrase this one because I really love it. And this is by Madeline Lingle. Madeline Lingle. So I'm going to paraphrase this one. Or maybe I don't need to. I'm just being silly. But what she is saying is she can't think of any great human who succeeded by actually following the pack. But what are we told to do? We're told to follow the pack. But if you look at all the eccentric people, you know, most of the people who are crushing it, um, many of them are doing their own thing or they've found a way to deviate from the path and they are successful because they're different. Now there's lots of people who are successful because they're, you know, they did follow the pack, but I would argue that um, there's some challenges there. Um, and, and I really just like the quote. So that is the aphorism for the week. And we will see you next time. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.